Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome. I am Richard the Razor Ewing, and if you're watching this right now, you put your game face on. And I got my main man with me, Matt, the wise man. Matt, you there? I'm here. And you know who else had his game face on? Tom Brady. Oh, you did. He did. We're going to get into that. But before we do, you know, I got my questions. So if you're trying to figure out how to get an update on that Judge Mathis episode you were watching last week, you're on the wrong podcast. And if you're trying to figure out how to get a better deal on the cell phone carrier that took all that money from you, once again, you're on the wrong podcast. However, if you want insight into sports in the San Francisco Bay Area, you just put your game face on. And if you want insight into the view of sports on a national level, once again, you got your game face on. I'm Richard the Racing Ewing. I'm here with Matt the Wise, and we got a great show for you tonight. Matt, what do we got, man? Well, we got Super Bowl talk for sure. We got the Warriors playing right now. Uh, we got some some. There's a lot going on in the uh, free agency market for the NFL for quarterbacks. It's going to be a quarterback bonanza. Um, so there, there's tons going on. The Sharkies uh, uh, pulled one off. Uh, they play tonight. So there's there's tons going on in the Bay Area. If you love sports, joined us right here. Get your game face on. Hey, man, now that couldn't help but notice, man. You look a smooth, man, wearing your, repping your San Jose Quakes uh, uh, duel there, man. Looking nice, looking nice. I have to. Hey, the Players Association, they they all agreed. Everything's good. We're going to get some uh, some soccer coming back, so I'm stoked. Hey, all right, all right. Well, obviously, let's dig right in because you know what we got to go into. That's the feast, and that feast is the Super Bowl. And we both watched it last week. But, you know, the one thing about the listeners, what they don't really appreciate about watching our show is that had they would have listened last week, they would have heard both of us agree that we had picked Tom Brady in the Bucks. We both did. OK. And we were spot on. So, you know, that would have been something they could have took from that if they would watched last week's show. But we watched the Super Bowl last night and, you know, I had a discussion with my boss last week and I told him, I said, you know, I don't think that uh, the Chiefs will be able to score as much as they did throughout the regular season. I got a feeling that, you know, Arians' defense, really Todd Bowles' defense, was going to shut down the receiving core and stop Mahomes from being able to throw, to throw those long balls that he's been able to throw all season. Listen, I've been saying it for as long as I could say it to as many people that will listen. Um, and I know I said it on this podcast when it was uh, when it was Brady going up against um, Aaron Rodgers, the the Bucks defense is nasty. Uh, mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I, you know I've been following the Bucks all season because of Tom Brady. I I've been a huge fan of his, and the offense wasn't really that good at the beginning of the season. No, um, they they really weren't. The thing that was keeping them in the games was their nasty nasty defense. And I know I said it. Their defense is nasty, was nasty in the playoffs. They were playing just disgusting football. Um, and they did it again in the biggest game. I mean, you you hold Patrick Mahomes to how many touchdowns? Zero. Zero. I mean, no, nothing. Zero. Yes, some drop 
drop balls in the end zone. I get it, but that is impressive. Uh, I don't care what Sunday you're playing on, whether it was Super Bowl Sunday or preseason Sunday, that was an impressive performance by the Buccaneers. But Richard, before we get any further, we got to pay some bills real quick. Okay. NFL season's over, but the basketball season is in full swing. Hockey season's ramping up. Mm-hmm. And we might not be at the games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to teams to players and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And Richard, there's always the online casino as well. It never, ever closes. Mm. So I, I encourage you, head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. All right. So you heard it first, folks. Go to bet online if you, you're trying to put on a wager, think you can think you can make some money. Um, I will say this much: a lot of the, the betting uh, that was going on, we, I'm sure you heard of Mattress Mike, right? I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he bet a million dollars, and I think uh, I'm trying to remember what else he did. But I tell you something: those are gutsy guys. Maybe if I had a million dollars, I don't think I would put down a bet that large. Man, that's just come on, that's just insane. Um, but I will say this much: the game itself was definitely being dictated by the Bucks defense. You, you, were, you were spot on with that. Um, but once again, you got to tip your hat to, to, to Tom Brady. And what was interesting about this is that I got to give a shout out to my former uh, co-host with me. Uh, and I, I discussed about, about you with him, uh, Mike Michoud Schumann, used to be on the show with me before he retired. Believe it or not, he was the one who called out the Bucks going to the Super Bowl after they, right after they signed Tom Brady. He did. He did that. I was shocked. I was like, what? Really, man? But, but she was like that. He, he, he's got, you know, he's got some finesse when it comes to this stuff. But I also thought what was interesting, too, is that you got to credit Brady as a whole. Because Brady, you know, obviously when they signed him, I'm sure he told them, okay, look. I want to be overseeing the, the player personnel. I'm, I know that's what he, they agreed to, allow him to do that. That's the reason why Gronk was there. That's the reason why A.B. was there. And they both shined, okay? They both shined in the biggest moment. I, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was like, and this just makes Brady more credible. It really does. I mean, Gronk had a great game, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, he was running around there like, he, like they were in New England. I was like, man, what the? And then A.B. comes up with the catch in the end zone. So it's like, okay. Can you hate on the guy for making that decision? As Gronk said, he got them tutties. He got he got them touchdowns. He got them tutties. I don't know if you saw that video after the game of him and Brady embracing, and they were talking, and and they were just talking about the touchdowns. You know, mm-hmm. um, listen, I could go on all day. I can um, I could go on forever about my love for Tom Brady and how I think he's the goat. And listen, I don't use that lightly, uh, the goat, because uh, Joe Montana Joe Montana is a goat as well in his own right. Uh, he played in a completely different era. Uh, there's no way I, Tom Brady would be 43 playing football. If he was playing back in that era when they were actually allowed to hit somebody. So, so to do the comparisons, not fair, fair to, to Joe Montana or to Tom Brady. So I could go on all day about him, but I have not seen, 
you know, everybody was all over Patrick Mahomes and, and how great he was. And you know what? During that game, I saw some greatness. Uh, but what I also saw in that game that I haven't seen was I have not seen Patrick Mahomes take the snap from the pocket and running 10 yards backwards to get away from the pass rush. And it, he was doing that all night. He was being hounded all night long and and he was running backwards and then he was running in circles and then he was throwing it to to areas where he knew his players would be and guys weren't catching the ball so well i i also think that it was it was kind of a situation where you kind of felt like todd Bowles had andy reed figured out you know because they had played them earlier in the season and the chiefs beat them and Bowles was, was looking at, I'm sure they went over that, that film probably hundreds of times before they played them and just said, okay, look, this is what they're doing to us. This is how they're able to manipulate us. Because it wasn't just the passing game. The running game was stifled too. I mean, you didn't see much production out of the running game at all. And that tells me that when a defense is able to do that, it, it means that they basically have, they, they, they have your number. They, they know, what you're going to do, they know how you're going to execute. And they basically just took away Andy Reid's offense. They just took it away. They did. They, they not, not only they, well, the running game at, at the beginning of the game for, for Kansas City was actually doing well and they went away from it. But what they didn't go away from was this, this you know, falling in love with Tyreek Hill running a million miles an hour and getting open deep down the field because he wasn't getting open and Patrick Mahomes had no time to find him and throw it to him. And you know what? He, uh, Andy Reid and the coaching staff, for whatever reason, they, in my opinion, they got out coached because they, they never went away from that game plan. Um, even when they were down, they didn't go away from, they kept trying to look for Tyreek Hill. Um, and then you had guys that just weren't making catches. I mean, Kelsey had a great game. The numbers look great at the end of the game. Uh, but, I mean, he dropped some big – he dropped a third down pass early in the game. So, oh, and it was a tough performance. But you you got to give it – I mean, you you got to give it up to Brady. You got to give it up to that Bucks defense. Um, and to me, I loved it. I thought it was a great Super Bowl. Well, I'll tell you something. He definitely represents San Mateo County pretty well. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he went out there and, you know, he didn't he, – he basically – and he, he pretty much hounded like I thought he would. I thought he'd go out there and, you know, realize that, yes, it's this Super Bowl, but at the end of the day, you know, it's about him being focused and doing the job and making sure that they're properly prepared. And that's what they did. Because to me, the Bucks just looked prepared. They did. They looked like they knew what they were going to do. They were going to execute well. They were going to make sure – that by the time the game was, you know, I won't say necessarily decided, but by halftime, you knew where the momentum was, okay? You knew that, okay, at this point, I'm going to tell you what I was thinking at halftime. Even if Mahomes and them try to make a comeback, I got a feeling that Brady was going to go in there and do that dude to basically close the deal. That's what I felt like. I felt like, okay, yeah, because we know. When you look at Mahomes, you look at the Chiefs, they, they've, been, they've been able to come back from deficits. OK, but I always I just kind of felt like, OK, look, even if they do, I got to feel Brady and them is going to go in there. They're just going to they're, they're gonna close the deal. Reports were saying that Brady was texting his team all week. We are going to win. Like, I mean, it, we are going to win. We are. This is how we're going to win. And the confidence, that swag, that that's that's goat mentality. That's 
that's Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality is, right. is being able to be that laser focused mm-hmm. and that mentality. And it's that I love that about sports because you know what? I didn't have that mentality. My mind was on a hundred other things other than what I should have been doing. And, and I wish I would have learned that as a kid, um, that mentality. And that's what I try to teach, you know, the kids that I coach and my son as we're doing sports is, is, you, you know, if you want to be good at this, you, you got to have the mentality, you got to put in the work. Um, and I love that. That's, that's awesome. That's a beautiful thing about sports. So you can't help but be happy for Brady. Yeah, you can be happy for him. But to your point, when you talk about, you know, having that mindset, you know, that mental, you know, uh, laser focus, you talked about Kobe Bryant obviously had it, you know. Um, Michael Jordan had it, okay. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had it. Um, I think of Magic Johnson and, 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 and Larry Bird, those guys, you know. Montana, Montana had it. He would come. Montana had, right. Montana had it. Toward the Very end right. Very right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those guys and Steph Curry, prime example. I mean, they, I mean, it's like I listened to an interview of Steph Curry when they lost the game, was it to Utah, when Utah blew them out. And his mentality, it wasn't a mentality, it was, oh, yeah, they were superior, they, you know, no, he, he, he basically went ahead and said, okay, yeah, they got the best of us this evening. Okay, and he but he also pointed out that there were some things that they could have done, okay, you know, to, to basically change the tide of the game. He said, by the time we started figuring out exactly what to do, it was too late. They had already had too big of a lead, and they 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 basically went ahead and, and pushed that lead. He goes, Teams can do that, you know. And I thought, okay, here's a guy who's already got three towers in his belt. Um, he's pretty much second in command when it comes to shooting threes. And he's probably going to surpass Ray Allen, okay? And yet, what is his mindset? His mindset is, this is what we can do. This is how we can get better. This is what we need to do. See, that's the mindset you were talking about. See, if you have that championship mindset, and if you're constantly, and and you're right, because I remember when I played sports, I didn't have that type of mentality, man. It's like when we lost, I was in the doldrums, man. I was all in a corner, didn't want to move, didn't want to say nothing to nobody, didn't want to speak to nobody. But when you're a competitor like that and you're a stiff competitor, you got to have that mentality that even if they beat you today, they can't beat you tomorrow. You know what I mean? And that's, like you said, that, that, that's Brady's focus. When he got in that game, that's what he was thinking. Listen, and the greatest have it. And that's what, and I don't doubt that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have that in him because I saw, I read a quote that he said, he's like, listen, believe me, this losing this Super Bowl is going to make me that much hungrier next year. And I believe it. And it's that kind of dedication to sports or whatever it is in life that is so awesome to watch. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny because I was going to point this out, too, and I try to remind myself to point it out, too. Uh, They have the betting line starting for next year's Super Bowl. Okay, and. The Packers are eight to one to go there. The Bucks, believe it or not, are 10 and 10 to one. Guess who's holding number one spot? But it's it's still the Chiefs. Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs are five to one odds to go. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, wow, that's pretty amazing. It's still the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. They're gonna they're gonna be make a lot of noise for a lot of years. Yeah. Um 
And, and so that's going to be interesting is what else is going to be interesting is what's going to go on with the quarterback carousel in the NFL this off season. I mean, you now have, you have Matthew Stafford that's already moved on. Uh, you have Sam Darnold, who's going to be on the move. And then today, or not today, maybe this week, uh, it was, I heard that Carson Wentz will be, is going to be uh, on the move out of Philadelphia. So uh, plus the Deshaun Watson thing still, still lingering. lingering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's still the lingering in the ozone, you know. So right, right. who knows what's gonna happen there? Um, I read a great article on ESPN uh from a from a dude, uh, and I don't remember his names, but I'd love to credit him. But I read an article and and they were projecting that the Niners may actually be a viable landing spot for Deshaun Watson. They were like top three choices, and it didn't it didn't involve giving up Jimmy Bosa or um, George Kittle. And so, so I like that option. So who knows, but there's a lot going on. Well, I'll tell you something. You'd be surprised. There is, there is what's viable. I mean, and when I think like that, I think about when Kevin Durant came to Golden State, it was like, it was, it was the last thing that I thought about. It was the last thing I could have projected it was the last thing I could have predicted. It was the last thing I thought I would see, okay? But for whatever reason, there was a backroom deal. There was some, some, some conversations going on. And before you know it, you have this, this, this discussion of the Hampton Five and you know, all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, yeah, now he's wearing a Golden State Warriors jersey and they got it done. So, yeah, you're right. It, in other words, listen to I'm it, Bill. Bill listen to it. I'm telling you, the, the great thing about it, listen to it. Like my boy Joshua Kanye has been telling me, you you got to have a quarterback. And this is Bill Bill Barnwell from oh, ESPN, and he's saying the 49ers could potentially land them. Uh, all they would have to give up is their 12th pick in 2021, their 2022 first round and second round picks, and they would have to give up the 2023 third round pick, a safety, Tavares Moore, and quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo for Deshaun Watson. And that involved a, a deal with the jets and the Texans and Sam Darnold moving around, but who cares if the Niners can make that happen? Uh, if Bill Barn, hey, Barnwell, I tell, right Barnwell now, I, hey, I tell you right now, if that happens, John Lynch will become the man. I'm telling you that right now. He will, he will, there will be not, there will never be another GM to, in the NFL that could orchestrate something like that, dude. Are you kidding me? Come you're on. set. Not, you're not set me. offensively and defensively. You're set. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I tell you something, I I would love to see it. I really would. But I'm also thinking on the other end of Houston. See, that's the problem with all this. Houston, Houston, we have a problem. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because because at the end of the day, Houston has to be ready to do it. If they're not ready to do it, no matter what Lynch offers, it's just not going to happen. It depends on how how badly Deshaun Watson is digging his heels in. Um, I don't know. I don't have any inside information. I don't know him personally. Well, no, he, he has, but I'll tell you something. He has made it very clear he wants out of Houston. It, it, the easiest way he can get out. He doesn't care. Okay. But still, Houston has to be ready to say, okay, yeah, you know what? We're ready, we're ready to be done with Deshaun. And I still think they, they know, Houston knows that they can get something valuable for him. They know that, okay? So I'm thinking, okay, if I'm Houston, then 
the whole Deshaun Watson trade doesn't happen unless you give me something that I think we can actually use. So Garoppolo, okay, that's that's not a bad that's not a bad thing. Uh, you, you don't need a safety, Tavares Moore. Yeah, yeah. They don't. I mean, they gotta need a safety. They gotta yeah. need a safety wait over minute, there. Wait a, minute, wait a minute. As many as many yards they got ran on the last two seasons, they better take a safety. Oh my god. Ex- exactly. So there you go. I mean, it's a done deal. Uh, John Lynch, if you need my help to negotiate the trade, <laughs> I'm here for you, man. Let's make it happen. That. Oh my goodness. That it would be the equivalent to to the Warriors putting together the Hampton Five for me, um, because you would have a dominant offense because you have all the pieces. I mean, look at Tampa Bay; they had a lot of pieces when before Tom Brady, Tom Brady got there. Yeah. Um, the Niners have all the pieces. You plug a quarterback in there, you're That's set. Job. Yeah, you're set. They yeah. can make the throws. They can make the plays. You're done on offense. Okay, so we're going to shift gears here. Let's take a look at our Golden State Warriors, okay? Um, they're playing right now. I don't know the score because I haven't had a chance to put up yet. I really don't want to because I'm recording it. <laughs> but I got to admit, dude, I watched that game last night. Not last night, but the night before last. And I knew the Warriors were going to lose it. I could tell. Because the problem with, with what happened was and obviously, Steph was not the problem. <laughs> okay, okay, my goodness, fifty-seven points. Are you kidding me? The problem with when that happens, though, is that everybody else is standing around watching him. Okay, and they're not actually engaged. And you have situations where you know it's two thirty-eight left in the game. Wiggins at the foul free throw line. He missed both free throws. I'm like, okay, that's it. They're gonna lose. But I think definitely what needs to happen is. You had a situation that happened the other night and they ended up winning that game. He only scored 26, but you had seven guys in double figures. And this is kind of back to that form I was telling you about before. I said that if you have at least five guys in double figures, you got a formula to win. Listen, not that I don't believe in your formula, but I've been watching it carefully. I've been trending your formula of five guys in double figures Uh equates to a W. And you know what? The game where they lost, they had four guys in double figures. Uh, so, so you're on to something there. I'm not doubting you one bit. Uh, yeah. You are on to something there. Yeah, but it's, it's the thing, though. That was still a game that could have won either way, too. In other words, they could have won that game. They okay, were definitely so, in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, but, but this is the other problem. The other problem is their biggest issue right now, obviously, injuries – but then also, you know, not having consistency. You know, Wiggins, he's up, he's down. He's up, he's down. Oubre, he's up, he's down. I got to stop you, man. I got to stop you. You can't bag on Wiggins. We can't. I can't. Um, I was very I was very suspect of him coming over because, I, you know, I've seen him play in Minnesota. And he's a great player, but he just yeah. wasn't consistent. I, I've seen tons of consistency out of him. And I'm not just talking about the offensive end. He is doing it on the defensive end, and it is defensively. He's, defensively, he's a jewel. It's but just, he just, wasn't. But he wasn't. They never said he was. They said he couldn't play defense. That was the knock on him coming over. And he, he, he had, they said he it. could get you buckets. That's no problem. He'll get you 20 points a game. I can't let you bag on Andrew Wiggins. I'm sorry. It's one of those times I'm going to disagree with you. I'll give it to you about Ubre. 
But listen, last three or four games, he's been playing well. He had that 40 point game the other night. Yeah. Um, but then he so, went back to, he went back to reality after that. Okay. Let's keep it real. He so did, there is so. inconsistency, but it's not on my man, Andrew Wiggins. Leave the so, wig man alone. I, I, I just would like to see, cause in that tough game where they lost by a couple of points, I just wanted to see Wiggins down the stretch. Give me six points. We would have won that game. And I didn't see it from him. And I'm saying down the stretch is where he's been he's been kind of invisible. You're right. You give it 20 points. But I'm saying if the game is close and it's late in the fourth quarter, Wiggins is, is, is he's invisible. I'm sorry. I don't I don't see him putting up points when it's really needed. That's that's when if you had a Clay Thompson there, you wouldn't see that. Okay, Clay would go in there and give you give you eight points. It's only eight points, but guess what? It's eight points at a critical time when you really need it. I, listen, I I'm I just I can't let you do it. I can't let you bag on it because even in even late in the games, he's still he's still balling out there. Um, they're not they're not running a lot of sets to, for him late in games. Those running those sets, those are going for Dre and Steph, and then they're hoping those guys are going to move around him. Uh, we'll see. There, it's a close one tonight. I won't tell you the score. I'm keeping <laughs> Thank a, you. A I don't very worry, close left or right eye on it. Um, but you'll see tonight. We'll see what happens because I'm telling you, Andrew Wiggins is is not a problem. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what. We talked about the Warriors. We talked about the Niners. Why don't we go ahead and switch to baseball? I understand there was some signings that took place. Um, did you hear about the signing of the A's? I I'm I'm more worried about the is if the rumors or the report is true of Davis being traded for Andrews. Actually, uh, that is that is an official done deal. Yeah. See, I this is the problem for me. This is the A's being the A's. Uh, how old is Elvis Andrews? Uh, is he as old as Elvis Presley? I think so. Um, I'm telling you, man. What do you like? You just and. To get what? To get Elvis Andrews and two pro two prospects uh, is was in the deal, or maybe they gave up two prospects. I don't like it. It's terrible. Well, what are the A's? Why do the A's do this? Okay, but see, this is the thing. You're right. It is the A's mo. It's what they do. Um, uh, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing, and I hope that the Giants learn a lesson and start actually getting serious and aggressive uh, in the market and actually picking up pieces that can help them be competitive this year. Well, I think that all of that is, is kind of a situation where even if they do most likely, and they probably will because the A's do this, they do this every year. They, they, they sign some guys, they pay them low money, and then they go out there and they ball out, man. And then next, you know, they're in the playoffs. And you're just like, what? You know, I don't understand. How can they possibly be in the playoffs? I mean, they don't have anybody. But that's what the A's do. They grab a bunch of nobodies. They put together a core. The core is the machine, and it drives the whole thing. The whole campaign is driven through that core. And then you got guys like Dave Cavill talking about, oh, you know, we're going to put together a stadium, and, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And I'm just like, dude, you know what? It's, it's now 2021. You guys were talking about that stadium back in June of last year. We haven't heard no plans. We haven't heard no, 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 no breaking of ground. 
We ain't heard nothing. I don't care about a stadium. Your fans are dying to see a competitive baseball team be put on the field, and you're throwing it away to pick up a dude that was good 10 years ago when the Giants were beating the Texas Rangers. So I'm sorry. Like, take care of your fans. Your fans deserve better. Um, A's fans. I don't disagree with you, but I'm saying – I'm saying – Putting together a competitive team is something they've been doing. They've been doing that year in and year out. They're always competitive. That's not the issue. The issue is they need to find a way to drive some revenue because they can get some seriously competitive players. Nobody wants to come to Oakland, all right? Because Why? they don't know who's going to be on the team tomorrow. That's they don't know who's going to be on the team next year. And that's the – there's no – they're not building a team. They're just putting together a team. That uh, they're not building a core team that is like that's going to last for the next y'all, y'all are family, right. Right. you know. We're going to ride or die this year together, and we're probably going to die, but we're going to do it together as a team. You can't say that if you come to, if you're on the Oakland A's, you have yeah. no clue. You just go to the ballpark every day. They go out there, they give it their all, and and that's it. Um, I, I'm that's not you're not you're putting together a product. You're not building a team. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. Also, it, it, it's starting to it's starting to it seem like he's just starting to flash over to San Francisco too, because Brad Morante hasn't made any serious deals. And we know that the contracts with like with, with Shamarja and Cueto, I mean, come on, he, these guys are making way too much money for the output that they're putting out there. And even if they are competitive, it's like, okay, you know what? Are you really getting back what you're shelling out? And and are you gonna make any trades? Are you gonna do anything? Because the league has been trading and making stuff happen all week and last week, and they're doing it this week, and and Prague hasn't done nothing. With I the feel exception I, of, of Costello. Other than that, they haven't done anything. I part of me feels like it's like you know what? Hey, let's let's just do the bare minimum because look, we're going to go up against the Dodgers and the Padres, who have spent millions of congillions and billions of dollars of evil money um, mm-hmm. on all these players. Uh, to be a dominant force and and the Giants are probably sitting there looking like hey let's just kind of you know see what we can do and just squeak by another year um I, I don't like it but uh part of me gets it when you go up against those big bohemoth monsters like the the Dodgers and the Padres okay. uh it's just a little bit unfair but hey well, okay. Well, we're coming up on to where we got to go. Uh, I just want to go ahead and relate two things before we close out today. Um, shout out to the uh, Gomez family. The great Pedro Gomez passed away a couple of days ago, and it was totally unexpected. No one expected this to happen. Pedro Gomez spent 25 years as a play-by-play analyst and uh, even a color commentator to a certain degree. Um, he covered 25 World Series. You know, really just a remarkable individual. Uh, and it's too bad uh, uh, the baseball world lost another another great asset, if you will. Also want to point out, we got these shirts behind you, man. These Game Face shirts there, man. And we had, you know, a few subscribers last week. But you know what? We need to up the ante a little bit. So if you guys are watching, those T-shirts could be yours. And you can take your pick if you want gold. Or if you want blue, okay? I mean, maybe you need to show the front of one of them. That way they can see what the, the front of them looks like um, uh, there, Matt. Um, but look at that. That's, that's Steph Curry with that gang face he's got on. That, you, look, those could be yours, folks. Um, 
But the only thing we ask is when you do subscribe, please leave a contact information, email, phone number, so that we can get those out to you. Um, we do appreciate you subscribing. We, we want to reward you and do a nice t-shirt like that on your back. Hey, be the way you can rep, you know, the Bay Area and rep the Game Face Show. So I'm Richard DeRay's Ewing. He's Matt the Wise Wiseman. Uh, this has been Game Face, uh, part of the Bleed Talent Network. And we appreciate you coming and sitting down and putting your feet up with us. However, if you do, you better have your game face on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.